Good evening, boxing fans. This is a TV Party Tonight extra boxing commentary for the Linear Heavyweight Championship of the World. Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And we are a two-man booth tonight. The uh, Howard Lederman of our spiritual Howard Lederman of our boxing telecast. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of Damn You Hollywood and the 411 Ground and Pound radio show, Mr. Robert Winfrey. How do you do, sir? That, that wounds me, Mark, just so you know. just I have to say, comparing me to Lederman <laughs> does uh, leave a, uh, a giant but you a, do- a giant wound my heart but you do it so well well mark you know it's it's good stuff well mark all right so sing me a song piano man this is tyson fury versus tom schwartz on espn plus brought to you by top rank boxing uh we just saw barrera versus hart which was some of the most amateurish boxing ever seen on a pro boxing stage Oh my god, I'm pretty sure at my weight and at my ability, I could have done better. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you couldn't make... I don't say this unkindly. I couldn't make the weight limit either at the moment. Well, no, I'm I'm not saying... I'm I'm suggesting at my current weight. Oh, so... You step step away from the podcast into a boxing ring, and your technical acumen is superior to those two gentlemen that you fought. At least Barrera. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, they both sucked. Um, I mean, Hart wasn't much better, but at least Hart wasn't, like, constantly turning his back. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing. That should not happen. Not when you're the co-main event on a professional boxing I mean, even, even pivoting to the back is kind of a no-no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hart had suggested that he messed up his hand in the seventh round. Or he would have ended it sooner than having it go to decision. I mean, He's maybe. Full of crap. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would have liked to have called it Roadhouse, but even Roadhouse is more entertaining and prettier than what what we saw. That was like tough man. Yeah, that was a more accurate description. So at the moment, we're dealing with the the pre-fight hype pieces surrounding the main event here. Well, I thought I saw Tyson Fury actually walking out, so I thought. You know that gives us enough time to do our own uh, pre pre wrap here. They the the commentators on ESPN Plus have been going on and on about how Tyson Fury is because he's the lineal heavyweight champion, that he's the real heavyweight champion, that he's the best in the world right now. Um, you know, Anthony Joshua, as we talked about in our last uh, boxing podcast, uh, had gotten beaten by Mexican Rocky. Uh, there's Deontay. Rocky was in, Rocky was in better shape, and Rocky won than Ruiz Jr. <laughs> was for that fight. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then you have Deontay Wilder, and then after that, I think we're out of heavyweights. Um, I don't know. Does the European heavyweight champion still exist? Because that was a thing uh, once. I assume it still exists in some capacity. I mean, I think Joshua still has at least one or two belts. I don't believe all of them were on the line for his fight with. Ruiz Jr. I mean, mm-hmm. Wilder has a few. But whatever happened to Mandy Potamkin, who uh, had the European belt for uh, a spell? 
I don't know. Hang on. Me... You're just going to no sell that I messed up his name, right? Yes. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, what we're seeing right now on TV is some shots of the previous weigh-in, and now we have a commercial for some Samsung products. Hot damn. Uh, okay, now that's amateur European Boxing Union, maybe? Why don't you just look up list of heavyweight champions? No, that's not actually helpful. It's okay. so much longer. <laughs> <laughs> list of current boxing champ boxing champions? Oh, there's so many that are vacant. Oh, that hurts. Oh, I man. I know that ep- that when the fu- when uh, Potemkin's uh, fight was on um, Epics, they like invented a belt for him. All right, let me see what we have here. Um, we have that one's vacant. Andy Ruiz Jr. has a couple. Wilder has one. Uh, the WBA one has like three champions now at the moment. One of them's interim. One of them's regular. One of them's super. Who's the interim? Uh, Trevor Bryan. The regular champion is Manuel Char, and Ruiz Jr. won the super ch- the super title when he defeated Joshua. Well, don't you think that uh, between top rank and uh, Golden Boy and uh, PBC, we need to start unifying some of these heavyweight championships before we go around uh, assign, ascribing Tyson Fury as best in the world right now. I mean, he probably is. So let's talk about that. Um, if, you, if you ever uh, actually... I mean, okay, let, let me be clear when I say he probably is the best heavyweight in the world. Yeah, he doesn't have a belt right now. Okay, fair play. He is currently not a champion. Who? Who are we talking about? Fury. Okay. He doesn't? No. He vacated, I believe, all of his titles when he had his issues. Okay. I and thought... he was he was then fighting to reclaim at least one of them from Wilder. Or Wilder's was up for grabs. I forget how okay. all of them interact and come together across different fights. And that, of course, went to a draw. Uh, he got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. You and, you and Pat did live commentary for that, did a fight companion for that as well, I believe. We did. There's no way that should have been a draw. Absolutely no way. No, of course not. But it was. It was. It was designated a draw. That's what's going down in the in the uh, book says. Um. So anyway, all right. So so he currently doesn't have a belt. At the moment, that is true. But again, wow. if we if we, look, he had a breakdown. Had a went on binges no, galore. I, and, I get all that, but like ESP. Uh, Wow, I can't just how fraudulent ESPN's being with this. Like, he's the linear heavyweight champion. Well, no, he, he is. isn't. Uh, he is. How do you figure if he doesn't have a He balance? never lost. He, okay. If we're talking... Okay, for the record. If we're talking about lineal heavyweight championships, which I don't subscribe to as really being a thing necessarily, but... Okay. It is the guy... It, the, it is tracing back... Again, who beat the guy who beat the guy kind of thing, right? Yeah, but when Hulk Hogan lost the belt to Andre the Giant, and then Andre the Giant gave away the belt to Ted DiBiase, the belt was vacated. They didn't continue to say that Andre the Giant was the linear heavyweight champion. There was no champion. 
Granted, okay, that's okay, also pro wrestling. Stop. Pro I'm wrestling sure. is fake. <laughs> People listen to this podcast going, that's it. But um, I, I, Okay, so look, let me be clear. What we're talking about when you say he's the lineal heavyweight champion, he beat Vladimir Klitschko. Right. He was the first guy to do that. Klitschko was the guy who unified all the previous titles, beating no. the guy who previously did that. I get it. He was the super champion, and I know all that. What I'm saying is you, and, don't, get to call, okay, you don't get to call yourself champion if you yes, vacate the belts because you're on a cocaine binge. Okay, but there's also no belt. There is no lineal belt. The lineal championship is apocryphal. Mm-hmm. It's It's not – again, it's not really a thing in the sense that it carries no – extra monetary compensation it's an acknowledgement that you are the individual that can trace their title lineage back to the source okay that's what he is and you can only lose that if you are actually beaten in a fight so the two people that have so the two people that have all of his belts that he once had are um, Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz correct I believe so yes Okay, so clearly we have to. So, so clearly we need Deontay Wilder versus Andrew Ruiz Jr. As I've already said, in Texas, and the winner of that fight needs to fight Tyson Fury. Let's get this done. Uh, again, lineal championships are it, it, it's more a gimmick than anything else. You're certainly right; it's a gimmick because you basically just said he doesn't actually have any championships. He doesn't. He, never... he is not a. Cha- he is not currently a champion because he could. But you know, so. He's the lineal champion, but he's not a champion. You hear the words coming out of your mouth. Look, tell me about Tom Schwartz. Uh, he's an undefeated 20-something German who's in way over his head. So was this just sort of a uh, a gimme fight, you know, to get, get, grab some attention for ESPN+, Plus, grab some attention for Tyson Fury, get him freshened up for either a rematch with Deontay Wilder or po- possibly a, now a match with uh, Andrew Ruiz Jr.? Is that what we're doing here? More or less. Fantastic. I mean, the same way that I mean, come on, look. You know, Deontay Wilder fought you know Bobo Brazil in his last fight. <laughs> they had Anthony Joshua fight Andrew Ruiz Jr. They're having Tyson Fury fight this guy Tom Schwartz, mm-hmm. whose opponent's career record, uh, career average, like the record of his combined opponents is two seventy nine, one eighty four, and thirteen, which is not the worst in the world, but. Still kind of meh. I mean, he is very clearly the underdog. He is very clearly... Again, I don't want to say he's being brought in to lose. Because he's he's here to fight. But he's not likely to win. He is unlikely to win. That is very true. It seems like, you know, the last couple of fights from all of those top three heavyweights, and those are, by skill, the three best heavyweights in the world. Well... By skill and punching power, because Deontay Wilder is not a skilled fighter. (laughs) Joshua, Fury, and Wilder are the big three. And they've been kind of in orbit for a while, but never have been able to... It took forever for them to get anything kind of made. I mean, it took Wilder deciding that Fury, just coming off of a, you know like, four-year hiatus, and then having, like, like two tune-ups was an okay fight to sign... He's the, just not – just none of them were really, for whatever reason, willing to kind of take – you know, sign on the dotted line, whether it was negotiation issues or timing issues or what have you. So their, their current scheme seemed to have been 
let's get everyone a fight. Let's get some hype back up after, you know, Fury and Wilder went to a stupid draw. And then, you know, Joshua went and crapped the bed and threw a hitch into everything. But this is, lar- this is again, this is not a gimme in the sense, this is not a tune-up fight for Tyson Fury, but this is a fight he should, by all reasonable expectations, win. So let's get some gritty analysis going. What does Tom Schwartz have to do to pull up an upset? I haven't seen enough of his fights to get too detailed into this, so rather than talk about what he needs to do in terms of how his game might adapt, there's a few things... I mean, no one's beaten Tyson Fury, for starters. That includes the biggest power puncher in the sport right now in Deontay Wilder, and the best, or one of certainly one of the best technicians in Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, I'm not sure what Schwartz's path to victory is outside of, uh, and I hate to say lucky because I don't really believe in purely lucky punches. Well, it would seem but, like he would need to crowd Tyson Fury. I mean, I watched, you know, Pat mentioned this a bunch of times during the Deontay Wilder fight that Tyson Fury has this unpredictable herky-jerky style and, you know, he he does a lot of uh, feigning, he does a lot of bobbing and weaving and I feel like, as a game plan, if you can crowd him if you can take that away from him um, and, you know, and maybe uh, maybe do a lot of clinching, let him wear you for a while, tire him out uh, as you get into the later rounds, he'll start letting his hands slip and he'll be less He'll be less mobile, less herky-jerky, and uh, will provide a hittable target. I mean, that's the de- that's a decent theory. I think the, there's two problems. There's two kind of fundamental problems with it when it comes to implementation against Tyson Fury. One is just his defensive savvy. Tyson Fury is a very defensively savvy fighter. If the fundamental premise of winning in combat sports, especially striking-based combat sports hit and do not get hit Tyson Fury excels at that he excels at hitting and landing on you and then you not hitting him so it, so it's a difficult thing to do his footwork is also again I Pat mentioned again prior a lot of his timing and a lot of his movement his footwork is very solid and he actually for a big guy he fights well in close quarters if you get in out if you get in on him, he's good about maneuvering himself in again in tight proximity, and he's good about landing on the break. He's good about digging to the body, in, especially in close. He's it, crowding him is a good option simply because fighting at distance with him is so terrible. But even in close, it's not like this is some glaring weakness in his game. And as for his cardio, he's got good cardio. I don't remember seeing his legs go out from under him a lot in terms of just being worn out you know but i i think here's my problem um what was it a four-year hiatus after uh you know after putting on a lot of weight and getting addicted to cocaine correct me if i'm wrong among other things these things weigh on the body and yes he's in better shape now but the longitudinal uh, toll that uh, substance abuse, I think, takes on a person. I don't know. Uh, it makes me, and I have nothing else to back this up, but theory and experience in, in, a, in, in a very general sense with people who abuse substances 
that you know, his cardio in the later rounds might be suspect. I mean, his cardio was fine against Wilder, and that went all 12. Yeah, but also Deontay Wilder fought stupid. Uh, sure. I mean, again, we're not talking about – he was not necessarily pushed outside of a pace he was comfortable maintaining. Right. But he also did maintain. I mean, even after he got dropped badly in the 12th, he got back up and got back to work. Right. But again, did Deontay Wilder both fought from the outside and didn't use his distance. I don't know how he managed it, but he did. It was, <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm somehow going to fight on the outside. I'm going to continue to fight on the outside, but not use my, 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 my uh, reach at all. Deontay Wilder. Look, Deontay Wilder, while he has absolutely ferocious power, has about a has about three punches in his arsenal, <laughs> yeah. and he tends to use them in the same combinations repeatedly. And Fury just had a really good beat on that from tape study, if nothing else. I mean, I think Wilder landed maybe ten clean punches that entire fight. Right, but that's what I'm saying, and that's why I go I go back to my initial proposal for a you know for Tom Schwartz to at the very least win a decision here. Well, well no, if this goes to if this goes all 12 rounds. I, I don't think he can I don't think he can beat Fury via decision. I don't think he's good enough. Well, I was going to say if he if, if he takes it to 12 rounds, the winner is going to be Canelo. But um that's True. <laughs> He'll just call it, someone will just mail him another win bonus to his compound <laughs> in Mexico. While he's riding a horse on the beach. Which he will then, he'll then roll the check up and snort coke off a stripper's torso or something. I don't know what he does with it. <laughs> you are listening to the Rattledge Broadcasting Network, the home of the running gag. Um... Multiple running gags. <laughs> We're a marathon here, baby. <laughs> you ever see the Boston Marathon? Thousands of them. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, Deontay Wilder didn't really press Tyson Fury. He didn't get on the inside. Cert he... oh, certainly not consistently. I mean, no. he did in moments, but again, no. not consistent. But, but not but not enough to where we could really test Tyson Fury's cardio, because as you said, he was able to fight at a pace he was comfortable with. Now, if this guy Schwartz gets in there, you know, and like like I said, you know, uses the, uses the clinch, fights, you know, fights in the clinch, makes Tyson Fury, hold, you know, hold him up. Uh, as As... I'm not saying right away he's just going to gas and fall over, but I'm you know. But we get to round six, seven, eight. I think you're going to see that start to wear on Tyson, and you're going to see age and abuse catch up with the guy middle of the ring. We might see an upset here. I think that's Schwartz's biggest hope again, outside of a lucky punch. And I hate to say lucky because I I don't believe in lucky punches. If you're throwing something, it's intentional, and you should be credited as such. But lucky in this instance referencing a lower percentage opportunity materializing uh, he's got to hope that fury is out of shape he's got to hope that fury's not really conditioned for all 12 rounds and i mean i think he is you have, uh, fury looks in pretty good shape he's looked in good shape at the weigh-ins and the build-up to this fight and whatnot uh i'm certainly not saying that you know again abuse like that doesn't take a physical toll but i'm not sure that let me put it like this you should the degree to which your game plan should revolve around your opponent screwing up should be as little as possible 
Okay. I mean, I agree with that. Um, you said you haven't seen enough of Tom Schwartz's stuff, so you wouldn't really know, like, you know, what what he's best at. Uh, based on some of the stuff I've seen in promotional materials and whatnot, it's kind of your generic heavyweight, you know, lunging left hooks, pressing the you know, lunging punches to get in close, and then flurrying when you've got them kind of when you've got them rocked. I I could be wrong. I need to see if I can. In the meantime, they uh, assuming Tyson Fury does what you know the intent here is to do, which is win. They are talking about him versus Deontay Wilder in early 2020. Um, I mean, we're only we're only in June here. I don't know why Tyson Fury wouldn't try to take one more fight before the end of the year. I don't know why Deontay Wilder wouldn't want to take one more fight before the end of the year. But, uh, you know, such is life. Did you happen to catch the result of the fight on Fox, the uh, Charlo... Uh, Charlo fight. Um, I might have seen it, but I don't think I had a. I don't think I remember anything specific about it. Okay. We are currently in a commercial. Yay! Commercials on your premium streaming oh, service. Boy. So here's what's coming up. Uh, as far as some big time boxing fights, uh, we've got. Wow, he has a DQ win. <laughs> Schwartz. Oh boy. <laughs> One of his wins is by DQ. Uh, this Friday night on DAZN, we've got Andrew, Andrew Canciel versus Alberto Machado. Um, over on ESPN Plus, we've got Tyrone McKenna versus Darryl. I Foley. believe he is technically the WBO Intercontinental Heavyweight champion. Who? Uh, Schwarz. Okay, terrific. For whatever value you want to ascribe that particular <laughs> title. Yay for belts! Um, that would be the boxing motto. <laughs> over on Showtime, we've got Sebastian Fandora versus Hector Manuel Zapata. And um, also on DAZN from Merry Old England, we've got Husi Kovila versus Connor Ben. Saturday night, it's alright for fighting. As they say in Rocket Man, we've got uh, on CBS Sports at seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We've got Froyland Saludar versus Dwayne Beeman. We've got uh, Kieran Smith versus Michael McGurk on ESPN Plus. Sergio Garcia versus uh, Sierra Rabchenka, uh, which is not being televised in the U.S. <laughs> um. And then on Sunday, 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 June 23rd, is Jermel Charlo versus Jorge Coda, which I thought was tonight. Maybe it was a different Charlo. Um, it's not an uncommon last name. I wouldn't be surprised if you were confused. I think I, you know what? I, had, I think it's like on my calendar twice is the issue. Uh, moving on. We go over to uh, Friday, June 28th. We've got Ryan Walsh versus Lewis Paulin on ESPN Plus, once again from Merry Old England. Raimundo Beltran versus Richard Comey on ESPN from Temecula, California. Demetrius Andrade yeah. versus Masei Sulecki um, on DAZN. Francesco Patera versus Paul Hyland Jr. 
also on DAZN, coming at you from Lombard, from Lombardia, Italy. <laughs> so we, we haven't had enough Charlos. Jamal Charlo versus Brandon Adams on Showtime. Uh, wait, was that? Aren't there twins? Aren't there the Charlo twins? There's there's like Jer- this is Jermel, and then there's Jarm- Jermal. Yeah, like there's the two of them that have almost identical names, and like I want to strike their parents for naming their <laughs> children. <laughs> like really? <laughs> um, Saturday, July sixth is Lawrence O'Coley versus Jack Massey on the zone. Uh, let's see here, Riota Muerta. Uh, Mur- no, Murata versus Rob Brandt coming at you from Osaka, Japan on ESPN. James, uh, Friday, July 12th, uh, James Dickens versus Nathaniel May, ESPN Plus. Jermaine Franklin versus Jerry Forrest on Showtime. Amir Khan, what do you think about that? Um, Very little. <laughs> That's good because it's not televised in the United States. But Amir Khan versus Niraj Goyet. From Saudi Arabia. Look, Amir Khan had a peak at some point, I'm sure. At at this point, he just kind of exists in some loose sense. <laughs> like, his ceiling has been made clear. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Manny Pacquiao. Excuse me. This is Keith Thurman. Yeah, the, the yawn is appropriate when talking about Pacquiao <laughs> these days. He's fighting Keith Thurman on uh, Fox Pay-Per-View, which I don't think anyone's going to buy. Probably. Well, no, hang on, it's Pacquiao. People will buy it. Really? Is Pacquiao still a thing? In the Philippines, he is. Mm, don't know about that. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that particular assessment. I just don't know if outside of the Philippines... Oh, no, no don't, don't get me wrong. Like, this is not going to do... Uh, great numbers, but you know, Pacquiao's one of the few guys you could probably still put on pay-per-view these days and not fall flat on your face. Mm. Will not be guaranteed to fall flat on your face. Um, so, what did you, so no, uh, no UFC tonight. There's five Saturdays in the month of June. There are four events, but there is one Saturday off. Yeah, what'd you do with your day off? Very little. <laughs> okay. Look, I also got kind of roped into covering Impact last night, so... Oh, you poor bastard. Uh, so, you know what's also on um, on June 29th? My friend who uh, had a, who had a couple of, of losing outings uh, when she was in Invicta has a, fly, has a female uh, flyweight boxing match uh, for CES Boxing. On the ca- on the card of uh, Dawson versus Rankin, which is going to be on Facebook Live. Wow, Facebook Live trying to be a thing. Yeah, it's being streamed on Facebook. That's the same night as Inganu versus Dos Santos. So I can't rope you into into covering that. I wouldn't do it anyway. Oh, we have we have to yeah, at least you, cover okay, my here, we have okay, to at least cover my friends. Here's kind of fight. the thing about the lineal title. You see the names of the people that uh. Fury is walking by here, starting with Larry Holmes when he beat Ali, leads us to, and I think Tyson was the one who kind of reunified everything. Mm-hmm. He's he's walking by a lot of the 
a lot of previous lineal champions, guys yeah, who I've... were the first ones to beat the uh, you know, beat the previous. Because you have guys that get stripped of belts for non for non title defenses. You have injury related layoffs. You have a, that's one of the reasons the lineal title holds a degree of value amongst punditry or fans. You Not because. You don't get to say you have you're you're the champion when you don't actually have the championships. You got you gave them away. Look, this is the one title that it has been established by whatever rule you want to say establish these things. You can only lose in the ring. If you retire with it, you retire with it, and someone else has to accomp- has to achieve what you achieved. So Tyson Fury from England. Currently draped in the red, white, oh, blue of American. Oh, that is... No, he's doing the Apollo Creed entrance. Yeah. Oh, just... God. Tyson Fury is such a goofball. I love him. He's an entertaining guy. I mean, he's got a great name. He's All the fun... Vegas showgirls. He's he's a fun this guy. This is full-on Rocky Four. Like, I get it. I get why they would want to push this guy and, you know, and protect him a bit and, you know, and try to make him... A uh, a name. Oh, look at that! Walked over, did the Big John stud, the Andre the Giant. He stepped over the top rope. Well, the dude's also big. If you're big enough to pull that off, go for it. Sure, it's an impressive thing. I mean, he's six nine. Like, <laughs> it's it oh. might genuinely be easier for him to step over the top instead of between the ropes with his uh, proportions. So, flipping uh, our analysis here. Uh, what's the likelihood of Tyson Fury knocking this guy out and making a short night of this? Even if he gets a finish, I think it's unlikely to be quick. Mm-hmm. Fury, I mean, look, again, he's 6'9", he's 200 and... I forget, 60-some-odd pounds. Uh, he's a big guy, so... When I When I say the following thing, that does not mean getting punched in the face by Tyson Fury is pleasant... <laughs> but he's not a big knockout threat. Okay. A lot of his stoppages are corner stoppages, mm-hmm. are accumulation of blows. Sure. He's got a couple, again, body work, or just... He, the other thing he kind of does, if he gets stoppages, he hits you with punches you don't see, and you don't need to hit very... You don't need to have devastating punching power to badly hurt someone if they don't see the punch coming. And Fury's pretty good at that. So he might come out here and really try to make a statement, but I expect the standard Fury fair, where he moves around a lot because he fights well going backwards he fight as well as going forwards. He fights well out of both stances. And he's an awkward guy to try and get a handle on. It's one of the reasons no one has. Okay. We are just about ready to get underway here. So if you're wondering if you if you uh, saw this on the list of podcasts from the Rattlejohn Broadcasting Network and said, oh boy, we get to hear Pat drunkenly go off on the sport of boxing again. <laughs> <laughs> Pat was invited onto the podcast. He is still part of the boxing commentary team, but uh, Pat was busy tonight, so... He declined for reasons that are, well, relatively obvious. Yeah, well, he, he A, didn't want to do it. But, you know, he sometimes does things he doesn't want to do because he just... Oh, boy. You can see Schwartz's belly button. Insert insert Scott Steiner, he's fat. (laughs) 
oh Jesus, here we go again with this. It's a relevant. It's a thing. Like, didn't we talk about this with the Ruiz fight? It got brought up briefly. Yeah, it got brought up briefly. Pick your damn shorts up. Well, it's actually how they fit. Like, because the top of the shorts don't actually rest on your hips. There's a bit of padding that you're allowed to wear that kind of is meant to protect your hips from being punched a lot. Well, it protects both your hips from taking undue abuse. And if you've never been hit a lot, kind of in the hip joint or in that hollow around in, on the front of the hip, that really sucks. It also protects your opponent's hands a little bit because if you land on the hip wrong with a punch, you can bust your hand pretty easily. That's right. a fairly resilient bone, especially amongst the young. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, old people break them all the time. But when you're young and not dealing with the health issues of age, it, that's a sturdy bit of uh, bit of calcium there. So as I was saying, uh, yeah, Pat couldn't join us tonight because he had some personal stuff. Like I said, normally, no matter how much he fights me and not wanting to do this and just being frustrated with the sport of boxing, he'll usually join us just because he enjoys hanging out with Robert and I via podcast. But I think tonight he had he he had a date, so uh, he is. I thought I actually saw him online earlier, but he was not. He has not sent me any sort of message saying, "Hey, I'm home. I'm drunk. Let's do this." All right, we are ready to get... Oh, much my favorite referee. <laughs> really? <laughs> I love this guy. When he back, when he says fight and then backs up, he fucking moonwalks. He's the, he's the best. I once saw, saw him on a showbox card with, I think, a Nigerian fighter. And he was, you know, and he was all fancy and, and uh, fabulous. And I was like, this is the best referee I've ever seen. All right, fair enough. I will bow to your previous exposure to this particular ref look as far him. as look at him. Well, he's not he's not as quite as fabulous. I think he's getting older. We are underway. This is round one. Uh oh, this guy refed the first Alvarez Golovkin fight. Triple G just uh just fought recently on DAZone. And killed some poor dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we see we see Tyson. That's what Golovkin Fury. does. We see Tyson Fury open up with a series of left jabs. He's not he's not doing the, the in-out herky-jerky motion that he was doing with Deontay Wilder. He seems to be a bit more composed, a bit more still. He's uh, circling to his left. So far, Tom Schwartz doesn't really have a lot for him. He's just able to, you know, Tyson Fury's just jabbing at will. Well, Schwartz is not, A, the power threat that Wilder is, and B... A lot of that motion against Wilder was designed to draw out some of his wild looping punches and to do so from relative defensive safety. That And against Wilder, who is, I'll say this charitably, an undisciplined fighter most of the time, that works quite well. Against a more technically proficient boxer, and Schwartz is a more much more of a technician than Wilder. I mean... Hey, hey, hey. Who are you to doubt the intercontinental champion? I just said he was more of a technician than Deontay Wilder. Okay. So that those same kind of traps and tricks are not necessarily going to elicit the same reaction. So I, I, I expect a lot of very traditional kind of Tyson Fury stuff. A lot of awkward motion, a lot of very sound defense, a lot of smoother footwork. Uh, Decent... Fury has deceptively fast hands, so some decent combinations. 
And if he finds an opening to get a finish, he'll take it. But right. uh, at, at this point in time, especially in just Fury's kind of general career, I just I kind of expect things go to go the distance more often than not. So Tyson Fury just kind of circled into the ropes, and Schwartz tried to press him there, but it was uh, it was just a moment in time. It didn't last very long. Tyson Fury continues to uh, circle and box from the outside. Oh, we start, we're starting to see an exchange between him and Schwartz. Schwartz is now using his left to get in on Tyson. Tyson keeps backing up into the ropes and then uh, and goes back to circling again. Well, Tyson's good. Uh, again, if you, the Wilder fight being a decent enough point of reference for a lot of people. The ropes are not an enemy to Tyson Fury most of the time. He's very defensively sound there. He's good about leaning. He's good about angling away from it uh, once he thinks the situation is no longer to his advantage. Tom Schwartz passed up an opportunity to try to box uh, Tyson into the into the corner. Tyson just circled out of it with ease. Yeah, again, Fury's footwork is relatively a, a relatively un- overlooked aspect of his game. I don't want to say it's underappreciated. How much cocaine is that woman on? Um, all. <laughs> I'm going with all the cocaine. Dude, look at her eyes. Right now, she's just showing. I I don't have the sound on, but we're doing a thing with the size of benches. By the way, round one, uh, I would say that goes to Tyson Fury. By, pretty by clearly. Pretty, yeah, by a pretty large margin. Look at I mean, her Schwartz, eyes. Look at her I eyes. Mean, Schwartz had a couple of decent body shots towards the end of the round, but that round was almost entirely dictated by the jab and long-distance offense of Tyson Fury. You can see the world in her eyes. She can see forever. Yes, she can. Time is a flat circle. She, she, she is... From her vantage point, she is staring into the middle distance. Round two. <laughs> Sometimes it felt... <sighs> so I I can't believe you just no-sold my uh, True Detective reference, but okay. All right, so we are here into round two. All right, now we're starting to see some of the uh, kind of bizarre shoulder motions from Tyson Fury. He's sticking his hey, head out there. Yep. <laughs> sort of... He's sort of padding at at Schwartz now. He's not really throwing a an actual punch. No, he's he's gone southpaw as well. And again, Fury does fight well out of both stances, uh, which is a bit of a rarity in boxing. There's not a lot of guys who do the switch hitting that he does. He's clearly not seeing much of a threat from Schwartz because he's dropping his hands, which is usually the invitation to come forward. Well, he's also at this point, you know, after a round against and I, I don't mean this in an unkind fashion, but Schwartz is a rel- Schwartz is a relatively traditional slash unpredictable uh, predictable oh, fighter. that was a clean left. Uh, it was a clean left hook from uh, Tyson Fury to Schwartz. Schwartz walked through it. I don't think he he's, doesn't appear to be hurt here, but he, he definitely took one square in the side of the face. Well, again, Fury's not the biggest puncher. He's much more interested in, again, proper scoring, proper technique, and just constantly hitting you. Mm. And eventually he's either going to get you via accumulation or he is going to sneak something through that you don't see coming. Yeah, I mean, just look at his defense after he landed that hook, if you catch it on a replay. Schwarz fired back like four or five punches and missed all of them. So Tyson Fury 
it's is doing some very entertaining stuff here. Oh, he is doing some damage to Schwartz. Schwartz is bleeding from the nose. Yeah, that's straight left. Again, I I don't know what he saw that made him decide Southpaw was a better option in round two, but he is threading that straight left between the guard of Schwartz with surprising regularity, mm-hmm. and that's gonna start paying dividends. There's a fair amount of taunting going on from Tyson. All right, Schwartz has Tyson Fury up against the ropes. He throws a series of combinations. Doesn't really land anything. Get used to that. That's going to happen a lot. Uh, It's just... It's one of the reasons I mentioned that getting... down goes Schwartz to one knee. As you said before, uh, he uh, threaded the needle there. He forced a right directly through the gloves, punched him right in the nose, and Schwartz went down. And again, it's... Fury is much less about like a big one punch the, the big one punches like uh, you know Deontay Wilder is very obviously even Anthony Joshua is a really solid you know one punch hitter as far as that goes all right, all right we're done Schwarz <laughs> <laughs> cult yeah and again you don't when you see Tyson Fury get these stoppages like this it's very clearly not a you know knockout a concussive knockout but Look at Schwartz's face, and I mean, I, I, you know, you and I both watch a lot of MMA where they let guys compete with brand new openings that can take on, that, that can serve as, uh, you know, oxygen receptacles in their face, or, you know, swelling that makes you wonder what's going on, but you know, he backed Schwartz into the corner, he was unloading Schwartz's face, he's pretty damaged up, it's a good call from the ref, Schwartz was not really wanting any more of that, but this is, again, if you know if this guy were fighting Wilder, we would have seen something similar to the Brazil fight, where he just kind of walked into a big power punch. This was this wound up being a show which was designed to kind of showcase what Deontay Wilder does. This was designed to showcase what Tyson Fury does, and you got to get a pretty decent look at what he and again his stylings, the way he moves, the switch the switch of stances, the ability to choose appropriate punches the accuracy of his strikes, and that's how he tends to fight. He's again, he's not a big puncher. He's not uh, he's not a fundamentalist, but he is a very solid technician in a lot of respects. And again, no one's figured out how to beat him yet. So I said after the Anthony Joshua fight, that the next fight that needs to happen is Deontay Wilder, Andrew Ruiz Jr. They need to do it in um, whatever they're calling Cowboy Stadium these days. Uh, I think that fight sells the place out. I think, uh, you know, either do it on DAZN or do it on pay-per-view. I think people, you know, I think with enough promotion, enough marketing behind it, you've got, you know, an opportunity to unify all the significant heavyweight belts. And then the winner of that fight takes on uh, Tyson Fury as uh, as was early as was sa- stated earlier in early 2020. That's uh, what that's needs a, to happen. We're more likely to get a rematch between Ruiz Jr. and Joshua at this point is kind of the rumblings I've heard while they just also do the rematch between Fury and Wilder and then the two winners of that will fight it out for the top of the heavyweight division, I suppose. I suppose. All right. Well, this was a short night here. Uh, We're not going to do any extra coverage. We're just going to do some plugs, and I'm going to go hit the CPAP machine. So uh, next week on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, we've got uh, Gotham Central. No, no, hang on. We have to hear what song Tyson Fury decides to sing. 
You do that. I'll do plugs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, his singing is usually the best part of these things. I don't even. I'm not. I don't. All right, all right. I, I, fine, fine. Remove right. fun from existence. No, that's normally it's not. my thing. That's normally my thing. But okay, I'll let you infringe on my gimmick for tonight. Listen, you dirty Jew. Stop trying to guilt me. Number one. Number two. Ow! You wound me again, sir. <laughs> my hygiene is very well established. <laughs> Unsanitary. Um, now look at that defense, man. Just that that flurry from Schwarz again after he got hit with that left hook along the fence, and just nothing lands. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah, he 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 took the measure of this guy pretty early on, and just decided, all right, I'm going to end this, and he did. And Schwartz just yeah, just covered up and prayed for it to be over, and here it comes. Yep, there it is. My favorite ref says no moss. So, um, I don't have my remote in my hand. It's on the other side of the room, so that's the other reason why I didn't raise the volume. Um, all right, all right. This Monday on Source Materials, Gotham Central, book one. Uh, it was a really fun book. We, we referred to it as, uh, as, as, the wire, as Gotham City, The Wire. Um, that is an inaccurate representation. Uh, on Tuesday... It's as, it's as close as you're going to get in comic format to... Well, as close as you get it in mainstream comic format to The Wire being represented like that. But unless Alan Moore's writing it, you're not going to get a fair representation of, you know, the horrors of drug abuse, of drug addiction. Um, on Tuesday, we're going to review Men in Black International, which I saw today with my daughter. Ooh, uh, that thing has bombed pretty hard. Yeah, I think this is the end of the Men in Black franchise for a while. You would have thought that, well, let's be fair. Hang on. Three came out what? Eight years ago? Well, here's the Ten thing. years ago? Chris Hemsworth, people like him as Thor. People like Tessa Thompson. They figured, you know, the, the, this brand doesn't necessarily have a lot of dirt on it. It's just, you know, it, it just had kind of soured on the vine uh, during the original three-picture run. And they figured, okay, we'll get some fresh actors in there. We'll, uh, you know, we'll update some of the special effects. The, here, here, I don't want to give away too much of the review, but here's the, here was the problem with Men in Black. And I noticed this after watching the first one today with my daughter. Um, they were a lot of the same beats. And I just don't think people care. I mean, look, the, th- the theory is we'll freshen this up with some hot actors that people like. But I don't think they, you know, they, they were betting on people still liking the franchise. Um, but I don't, but I think a lot of people like the franchise mostly because of Will Smith. So, uh, with that being said... We got the new Rammstein on uh, Wednesday on the Metal Hammer of Doom. And then we're all going to get together on Thursday to talk Toxic Fandoms on the Screaming Boy podcast. Uh, myself and Sean Comer were not able to get it. Are you going to... Oh, wait, wait. Okay, I just have to ask you. Yeah. I have to ask a question about the Toxic Fandom. Are you guys going to, at the end of it, rank which fandoms are the worst? <laughs> well, so you're going to be on the show, aren't you? I did not believe I was going to be on the show. I thought you were. No, I, I thought that when that was first established, I was like, it was not me. Like, I, I mean, I, when, it, what day is it? <laughs> no, I, just, Thursday the twentieth. Um, I mean, if you thought I was going to be there, and you're kind of, I suppose I can whip up something and be there and take up space. Like, I'm not opposed to the idea. I just. Did, I was not anticipating being part of it, but I'm not opposed to it. So, 
I I thought you were included in the initial conversation. I actually don't I, I was anymore. Present, I was present while the conversation took place. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners think this is very interesting. Um, eh, <laughs> so we were supposed to do an on trial for X-Men 3, The Last Stand, but Sean had some um, issues, so we weren't able to record, and then uh, we were going to try to record le- uh, Friday night, but instead I went to go see Rocket Man, and then I went to go have nibbles and alcohol with my wife, and then I came home and went to bed. So that didn't happen. Tonight was the Tyson Fury fight, and tomorrow's Father's Day. So maybe tomorrow, but I don't think so. Um, and then um, and then after that, I'm just not going to try anymore. <laughs> I'm just moving on to other stuff. On the 24th of June, we've got uh, Heroes in Crisis. We'll, uh, on, we'll be reviewing Toy Story 4 on Damn You Hollywood, the new Amon Amarth Berserker on the 26th, and then myself, Jesse Starcher, will review Black Mirror Season 5. And in theory, on July 1st, we'll be doing Jessica Jones Volume 2, The uh, the Secrets of Maria Hill. And Jessica Jones vi- uh, Season 3 on Netflix dropped on the 14th this past Friday. We'll get around to it on July. On... And also seems to have bombed a little bit. We will, in theory... Uh, review it on July 2nd unless unless of course I can't so at this point I'm not really sure um, also under the same uh, kind of auspices of maybe I will maybe I won't is the new Upon a Burning Body Southern Hostility uh, theoretically on July 3rd it's really as far as I can go because I have the fuck you fucking clue how my life's going to go in the next few weeks uh, check out our review of the Dark Phoenix Saga the Dark Phoenix movie and Robert actually came on the... Uh, we had the two Roberts on the Metal Hammer of Doom as we discussed Nettle Band. Oakley doakley howdy doodly. You can go ahead and plug your shows now. Oh, was that meant to segue me into... Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was on the Metal Hammer of Doom, providing Simpsons knowledge, which is what I normally do when I'm on for the the heavy metal bands, and uh, <laughs> I discovered that I have a deep and abiding affection for the good-natured trollery of the <laughs> lead singer for that band, <laughs> as Jesse Starcher gave us uh, some highlights from his Reddit AMA at doing parts of the of the review. Uh, this last Sunday, I was, I believe, flying. I was flying solo, and I reviewed um, UFC 238, which was uh, about as good a main pay per view card as the UFC has put on in ever, <laughs> uh, many years, if nothing else. Uh, the only dud on the main card was predictably a heavyweight fight. Which even Mark could not defend, which should tell you how bad it is. <laughs> but the, the event on the whole was really solid. There were only like two or three kind of stinkers. Everything else was at least watchable, and there were uh, two really good fights. And Valentina Shevchenko killed some bitch from Ohio, so good for her. <laughs> I only refer to Jessica I as that on the on this show. <laughs> But yeah, she. Oh god, that was a that was a yeah, pretty guess, nasty knockout. You have to behave yourself on on four one one now. Eh. 
I mean, I don't have to, but I choose to. Yeah, you do. You have to. You gotta be right. yourself. Uh, again, I'm under no compulsion to do so. What are they gonna do? Fire me? <laughs> <laughs> Dock my pay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, jokes about being an independent blogger aside, which is, I believe, technically how I am categorized for their pur- for their purposes. And I, I don't, I don't mean for that to come off as snide or being disinterested in what I do or anything uh, I, I'm eternally grateful to them for giving me a platform to write and to podcast from much as I am to Mark for giving me a platform to say stupid things on the air on a regular basis and ensure that I will never ever achieve public office in any sort of meaningful capacity that's right on here you get to be free as opposed to 411 <laughs> you have to behave yourself again don't have to choose to Okay, you, you keep saying that Seriously. I could go on a profanity-laden tirade. I don't think anyone would care. Okay. Have you not heard some of the other shows? <laughs> no, I, well, I've only heard Larry's shows. Boy, or Larry Cook. I mean, Cook, but when Larry and Jeremy get together, boy, are they in the box. Eh. There's value to being in the box. There's value to being outside the box as well. I, I didn't say it was a bad thing. Yeah. There, just, there, there is a definite difference between the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network and the 411 Podcasting Network. One very of true. Us, one of us is very much in the box. The other one lets the fur fly. So you all can subscribe to both of them and get a get contrast, balance in your life, as all that's, things should be. That's right. Um, so anyway, I reviewed that, which was, again, a great event. Uh, good main event. Good co-main event, uh, great fight between Cerrone and Ferguson that had an unfortunate ending, but hey, well, you, you don't blow your nose when you have a damaged eye and a busted nose. There's a reason for that. And Cerrone gave us all a real-time demonstration <laughs> as he, once again, had a brain fart in a big pressure situation. Not the first time, won't be the last. Uh, might be the last. Really? By, what, by which I mean he might never be in a big pressure situation again. <laughs> Okay. I mean, again, the winner of that fight was should be fighting by all rights for the title next, but the UFC is probably going to screw Ferguson over because they don't like him. I don't. I don't know. I mean, only in the UFC and only at, like can you win twelve fights in a row at lightweight with nine of them being stoppages and not be fighting, not be guaranteed to be fighting for the belt next. Such is life. Uh, yeah. I feel so bad for Tony Ferguson because some of that's the UFC screwing him over and in the past some of it's been on him like he's had injuries that have derailed his momentum at times Uh, anyway this Sunday will be a preview of UFC on ESPN plus 12 not a bad card but uh, I'm not exactly you know excited Wazooie Wazooie wow you jumped into the Wayback Machine for that one. Okay. <laughs> to use the parlance of Mark Radlich, I am not Wazooie. Well, I like the main <laughs> event, and I like the co-main event. So uh, we're just going to see how everything else plays out. I will have coverage of that on Saturday in the MMA Zone of 411mania.com. If you would like to see my I – got, I got kind of looped into helping out Larry Zonka on Friday – by covering Impact Wrestling while he was out with his family, because Larry has a loving family, and it was Father's uh, as part of the Father's Day celebration, and I am a spouseless, childless recluse. 
So my Friday nights are free to just watch mediocre professional wrestling. Um, anyway, so you can find that again. I do Impact all. Uh, at this point, I think anytime Larry decides he doesn't want to cover Impact, he's going to call me because I took it for the month and a half or so he was off. Um, and then, yeah, this Tuesday will be a review of Men in Black International, and Mark and I will explain why it's a bad movie, apparently. Um, I mean, Mark's assessment of it was it was cute, I seem to recall. Yeah, I mean... Look, for the average movie-going folk, uh, it was a cute movie. My a cute daughter, movie that no one saw. You know, and I, my daughter certainly enjoyed it. She didn't really have any complaints about it. Um, I, okay, uh, for the record, how many time, how many scenes are there of Chris Hemsworth shirtless? Oof. There, I don't want to give anything away, but there is definitely a scene where they do the slow-motion uh, sexy walk, and they, can, and they do it over and over and over again. Um, Boy, that just sounds like a great way to pad out your the runtime of your movie. <laughs> um, here, all right, so here, we'll be here, reviewing here's what, that. Here's what I'll say: we are we, when you see it and you go, "My God, this is this reminds me of Ant Man and the, and the Watch." This is a nothing movie. This time, I will not fight you. I mean, you shouldn't have fought me on Ant Man and the Wasp. It was I'm an accurate assessment. Not having that argument with you again. Go back and listen to the damn podcast. Uh, your argument on the podcast amounted to my daughter loves the wasp. Let her be a feminist. <laughs> that's not true. It was, a, it was a significant part of that's, your argument. That's not, that's true, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the only argument. I believe also I talked, I believe I dug into the themes and the performances and whatnot. It was a you, little bit more than that. You tried to explain that Evangeline Lilly is not the worst actress in the world. And I kind of explained that. Yeah, she really is. We were watching The Desolation of Smog for a little bit at my in-laws today. I like to go there sometimes. The Desolations of... Wait. Okay, stop. <laughs> you referenced three different things that could have been the subject of I'd like to go there sometimes. <laughs> and I'm not sure which one you were referring to. The line from... The, her, her line delivery from The Desolation of Smog. It's not good. <laughs> I like to go there sometimes. All right, Evangeline. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what's your face from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Wouldn't trade her wushu training for anything. <laughs> terrible, terrible line reading. <laughs> Let's finish this up. Uh, all right, yeah, Tyson Fury has serenaded his wife in the audience. Good for him. Um, yeah, Tuesday, Mark and I will explain why Men in Black International sucks. I will explain that... Uh, we'll figure out. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't tell you why it sucks. I'm basing this on everything that I've heard about it up till now. It's entirely possible. Well, it's unlikely, but it is within the realm of possibility that I love this movie. And because I have gone contrary to popular perspectives times in the past, and I'm not afraid to do so if that's what I believe to be accurate. So, I mean, again, I still think Thor Ragnarok is terrible, and I'm prepared to die on that hill. Uh, so I might see this and have a different perspective than everyone else. I also, I don't anticipate that, but I'm not going to preclude the possibility. So tune in Tuesday. It's just Mark and I on Damn You Hollywood. Uh, Alexis Haina was not available for this recording. So Mark and I can finally stop sucking in our guts on the podcast. <laughs> Bad joke aside. 
Uh, again, the week after that is Toy Story 4, which apparently has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Ugh. Look, Mark, you and I are not afraid to tell it like it is. If we see it and we think it sucks, we'll say that. On the, By contrast, if we see it and we go, you know what? All of our preconceptions about this were wrong. You and I will both happily eat crow. Yep. I've got a good recipe. I have developed it out of necessity. <laughs> so tune in for that over the next couple of weeks on the Rattletch and Broadcasting Network. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy these shows. Uh, we've had a few random spikes in our listeners and like downloads as far as our listenership goes, but we've also been kind of steadily growing over the last couple of months. Uh, not huge numbers. We are not a major network, but... Our average has gone up, I think, five to six uh, per day. Sorry, our average has increased from, you know, two months ago by about, again, five to six on average per day. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, we hope you're enjoying it, or we hope you hate listening. I'll take either. Uh, If you're just using us as background noise. Hey, thank you. If the the sound of Mark and I arguing is what soothes your three-year-old into slumber, happy to help. And before we go, we just want to remind you that if you you use the podcast app to listen to the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network or any of the famous and wonderful podcasts that are out there, go download PodCoin. PodCoin is an app that pays you to listen to podcasts. It, after you've accumulated X amount of hours of listening, you can turn those points in for gift cards to Amazon, Starbucks. You can even buy yourself an Amazon, uh, one of them Amazon Echo Clocks. There's all kinds of things you can do. You just got to listen to podcasts. That's it. You only even have to listen to 10 minutes. You listen to 10 minutes of a podcast. You mark it as played. You move on to something else if you want to. Podcoin is the way folks we're on there your favorite podcasts are on there for the most part why waste time listening to podcasts when you can get paid to listen to podcasts Pod okay, seriously do you, is there am i supposed to be getting copies of the copy you're reading <laughs> that was all off the off the cuff really they're not paying you i could have sworn they were paying us for this uh no they have podcoin doesn't even know i'm doing this we're not sponsored yet are you sure nope. i nope i listen other other podcasts like to sell dick pills. <laughs> other podcasts tell you that if you want to sue, call Stephen P. New. I'm all about uh, I'm all about a service that I use and that I want other people to use too, and that's Podcoin. www.podcoin.com. Are you sure that we're not spot- <laughs> That sounds like some professional ad copy you're reading. Oh. And in fair, hang on. Also, in fairness to purveyors of dick pills and uh, law firms. We're not opposed to reading your copy. Contact Mark to sponsor us. I don't really want to sell dick pills, though. Uh, may, may, if Stephen P. New would like me to contribute <laughs> to reading his copy as as Jim Cornette does, that's fine. And there are certainly other things, that, you know, if they want to send me. Listen, I, any one of the subscription meal plans want to send me some free meals, I will gladly read your copy. The Blue Chew folks, just keep sending that to Conrad. It's fine. They can they can be purveyors of dick pills. I don't know whether to be disgusted by you or applaud your moral center on this one. I'm just, just not interested. You're not interested in money. I'm not interested. Fair in dick, enough. I'm not interested in selling dick pills. I'm just saying they wouldn't. They'd be paying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they would be. 
look, look how about how about Blue Apron? Can blue, look, I'm willing to shill for Blue Apron if they send me free food because I'm a fat guy and I need to. Uh, how about you, know. you just act, look in lieu of free food? Actually, send a check to Mark. Well, how that about would be both? better. How about well, send me the free food so that I can t- so I can sh- I can taste the product and then I can swear by the product and then send me a check. All right, you've just now overly complicated the whole advertising industry by bringing ethics into it. All right, everybody, this is <laughs> <laughs> this has been. Did you con- not see Mad Men, sir? <laughs> this has been an overly conv- convoluted uh, end to our podcast. For the love of God, be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>